Aw oh, man, this stall is out of toilet paper. I hate when this happens. Has this happened to you? Do you find yourself stranded in a public bathroom without toilet paper? These situations can be tricky and very frustrating, leaving you feeling helpless and having to come up with outlandish ideas to alleviate your potty predicament. Now you never have to worry about this happening to you thanks to TP tie. TP tie is a new necktie that also acts as an emergency toilet paper for when you're all out of options. Just floss your cheeks like you floss your teeth, and then you wash your TP tie in the sink. TP tie dries almost instantly. It's antibacterial and doesn't emit any smell, so you can get right back to work with confidence. Thanks, TP tie. And if you order within the next 10 minutes, we'll throw in a second TP tie for free. TP tie. We got your back, side. This week on Two Dudes in L.A., the dudes invite improv comedy legend Paul Valencourt to the show for a rousing discussion about improv comedy. Then, Paul shares his story and discusses the rise and fall of the acclaimed I.O. Theatre and, of course, the future of improv comedy. The dudes then introduce Paul to their favorite segment, Don't You Dare Laugh. Hilarity ensues, and then Paul answers questions submitted by you, dear listener. So trust me when I say that this episode is jam-packed with delightfully riveting content. So get ready, improv comedy fans. You're not going to want to miss this. All right. Am I coming in clear? (laughs) I said, am I coming in clear? I hear you. Name that movie, Sean. No? Um, Oh, come on. Is it a Mel Brooks? <laughs> no, but it's kind of in that area. It's got it's about chocolate and oh, factory. Willy Wonka, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's when he gets shrunk into the TV. That's what we like to talk about: is old references. You know, that's us. It's me. It's your boy Watson. Uh, I'm really excited for today's episode, guys. If you can't tell, if I because when I throw out, you know, anything. In the 60s, was it 60s or 70s era? See, now I'm starting to look like a ridiculous person. Uh, I get excited. Sean, are you excited for today's episode? Yes, I've been looking forward to this episode for a while now, ever oh, since, yeah. uh, you know, we, we brought it up and, and then we hinted at it last week a little bit. And yeah. Played Teased a little sound it. clip, so. Ready to go. But before we get to that, we always like to ask Sean, how was your week? It was good. It was a good week. Um, my, my mom came out to visit from Utah. Nice. She, she teaches like, um, she's been a dispatcher her whole, her whole life. And then she got on with like the hospital at the U of U. And so she dispatches like the planes and helicopters and stuff. So she University of Utah, just in case you guys don't know. So she teaches people how to do, uh, like air control and stuff. Okay. And so Saturday I took her to Amoeba Music and she got, she got herself, uh, Fleetwood Mac and a Def Leppard. Nice, that's awesome. <laughs> Final, and, and then oh, and then you took her to and then we the show, went, right? Well, then we went to uh, Trejo's Cantina. Nice. So for everyone that hasn't been to L.A., Danny Trejo, the you know Machete, he's got a few locations out here: Trejo's Cantina, Tacos, and Trejo's Coffee and Donuts, mm-hmm. and maybe more. I don't know, but. We, I took her to there, and then he showed up with his crew. That's crazy. Yeah, he walked in. It looked like the mob. They were all wearing, like, black trench coats. <laughs> all carrying machetes. But he was super nice. Like, he walked around to everyone, shook wow. their hands, was taking pictures. Um, so that was, cool. that was, like, her first celebrity encounter for this trip. It was pretty cool. 
And then last night we went to the comedy store and we saw Dane Cook. Nice. So that was cool. Yeah. That's cool. So it was an eventful weekend. That's fun. And then she cleaned my my place. <laughs> <laughs> As moms do. That's nice of her. Yeah. That's really that's really that's really awesome. Did you get to take her to Grand Central Market though? No, I took her to the farmer's market that I keep uh, telling you about. Okay, you got to take me to that. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys, that's another big staple, Grand Central Market. So, Grand Central Market, excuse Downtown, me. Downtown, yeah. Uh, my week, Sean, thanks for asking, <laughs> um, was pretty fun. Last uh, Two days ago, I got to go to the Lantern Festival, which was really awesome, and like got to learn all about like Jap- uh, Chinese culture, and like they had the dragons, and these dancers, and the amazing food. Um and this was date number two, right? Okay. It might have been a day that I was at. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. And then we got to like, and she like, she speaks Chinese. And so oh, like, wow. she was kind of like, became my tour guide. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And then ate really good food in Chinatown. So, Sweet. but enough about us. Come on. We're not We've the real reason. We've got a lot reason. to get into today. Yeah. We're not the real reason why some of you might be here. Uh, but we we have some really fun stuff. Uh, as we talked about last episode, um, IO, one of my, um, theaters I wanted to go to since I was 15, unfortunately closed down and we have a awesome guest here. Uh, but before we get to that, I went to that, like we played this last time and we showed you guys some, um, um, <coughs> we, I took in, we did interviews at the, at the final night. And so, uh, we played a little clip for you last time, but now we have the full interviews that we're going to show you right now. Or show you, listen to you yeah. right now. It'll give everyone context to the situation yeah. and also introduce our guest as yeah. well. Perfect. So let's do it. Um, how long have you been here at IOS? Um, well, I'll give you a little bit of a preamble up to that answer. So I moved to LA uh, three years ago. Could that be right? Let's just say that's right. Um, and I moved here from New York for acting. And. Um, I recognized when I was going to auditions, more so here in LA than in um, than New York, that they want to see improv on your resume. So uh, that uh, just put my radar up to look for improv places. And a friend of mine uh, was going here, so he turned me on to it. And gosh, I think I've been here maybe a year, maybe year and a half. I don't even remember. What are we celebrating, or I guess mourning? I'm not really sure how to put it. It's just, I was just talking to a friend about this place right now and what's going on. And I think um, people process transition and change different ways. Some people are angry. Some people are in tears. Some people are celebrating. Um, so there's a lot of energies going around tonight. And um, I think the most predominant feeling is and, and it's it's not unusual that to have this right at this point in this juncture that somehow this community will stick together and, and we'll see where it goes next you know and Paul announced tonight that he's starting a new company. So cool, I'm yeah. so excited Yeah, so that certainly is going to help but um, it's a transition, it's a change and some people I'm sure are going to drift away from the community and find you know maybe a community in improv or maybe in stand-up or maybe in theater or wherever uh can we still be friends uh we never were so oh ow of course we can what are you what's happening right now what are what is that music they're hearing 
Um, so the music that everybody's hearing is music that other people selected on my <laughs> tech computer uh, for uh, their high school fucking prom dance funeral of this theater. <laughs> that sums you up perfectly, man. Dylan, Dylan, like, Dylan's a guy who came in. Uh, he, so he's our he's our tech guy. I was a tech guy, but he came in with just this fire and like was really strong on like helping this theater become something. And then they decided to close it. So how how were you, your personal thoughts when you heard you put so much hard work into this and it was closing? Um, I was like, well, at least I didn't start like uh, ten Junes ago. I just started last June. <laughs> um, I mean, I've worked at like several theaters, and I was a tech director at a theater up in San Francisco. Um, for a short while, and so uh, I've I've seen a lot of really poor theaters, and um, and I guess it was it was still a surprise that this one that this one was taken down. Um, but as far as my blood, sweat, and tears, I don't feel like um, I don't know. It's it's the blood, sweat, and tears are not on the forefront of my oven right now or on the front burner of my oven right now. It's more uh, like people. So how long have you been affiliated with iOS? Uh, since 2011. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. So like what was your journey intern, like teacher, like what, what, how, what have you been into? Yeah, before I even signed up for a class, I was able to get an internship. Awesome. Uh, so then I was able to take all the classes, uh, one, uh, one level twice over because one of the teachers is so great. I was like, well, I guess I just have to take this level again. Um, yeah, so I took all the classes. And was that improv or sketch to start off? Uh, thank you, yes. Uh, <laughs> improv to start off, yes. And who were some of your first teachers? Uh, my very first teacher was Shuli Cohen. Uh, level, oh boy, memories. And when did you switch? Because I've known you because of improv and stuff as well. But then when I was interning at the DCT, you were kind of like on the committee of sketch. So when did you switch over to that? So um, what happened was uh, me and Holly McKee Clark, who you may know from Fancy Football, uh, I approached her and I was like, hey, uh, you want to do sketch? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, I only want to do it if I'm on a team with you. And she was like, all right, let's just audition together. And I was like, I don't think that's a thing, but let's do it anyway. That's awesome. So um, what makes IO, you, you've been here for a long time. Like what makes you, what made you stay here and keep coming to iOS? All the people. Uh, I... Uh, there's no other way to say it, but the, like, I've met my, you know, one of my best friends, Holly Miki Clark here. I met my fiance, Adam Wasser here. Uh, I've met so many other, like, just great, amazing friends and people that I work with, not just in improv and sketch, but in other things. And they're all creative. They all have, like, a heart and a passion and a drive. And even though it the you know certain individuals we like we're all butting heads but it was like oh but look at all the people around us so say what you will about char about charla 
Um, she is uh, not the best business person. Um, she didn't really understand our community or understand how uh, strong our community was because she was here once or twice a year. Um, and, uh, and, and she enjoys... Um, I, I think that I think that once you create a community of thousands and thousands of people, you it's the natural progression to just have a big ego. Um, As she walks through us through the window. Is she there? <laughs> yeah, she just she's walking this way. That's hilarious. She's gonna try to come in here and she, talk to me. Her ears are ringing. Um, you know, she 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 made a lot of mistakes, and. Uh, and and that really sucks for our community, and it's and it's totally unfair. At the same time, she created all of this, and uh, I can't blame her for uh, shutting this theater down. It's hers; like she can do whatever she wants. I mean, there were so many ways for her to to make this into something else, rather than just end it. But um, that's her style. She uh, woke up on uh, a week and a half ago Tuesday, and and decided to tell us all that uh, she was going to end this. And maybe that was, um, I mean, I've heard, I think there are some way, some in some ways that was a smart move because it's like, how are people going to put anything into a theater if they know that they've got six months left to run it? Or, um, you know, so maybe she was planning this for a while. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. But I do know that we were all surprised. And that sucks. Um, we've had a great week. And um, I think that this whole community is better for it. We're better. We're better with without her because not that I I don't even know what she's like as a person. I don't really know her that well. But um, we are better with the community that we have and with the people who are actually here and around this this comedy community. Um, and I think that we could create a stronger, better business um, with people who are actually invested in the people around here and people who. Um, people who understand like what this means to people. Well, so I graduated I don't know uh, four, five, six months ago maybe, but I've kept kept taking classes. So I've taken since then, you know, half a dozen classes with teachers who I've always wanted to work with. Um, so it depends. My, like my first uh, teacher was Paul Valancourt. And you know, as it is for a lot of us, yeah. So, and he's known as like the level one guy, and he's also known as the Harold guy. Um, and his enthusiasm and his dedication to the place and his love for the place, you know, just really rubs off. I mean, you can really see that. Cool. And that brings us to our guests, <laughs> Mr. Paul Valancourt. Thank you for joining us, good sir. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. That, I, I wanted that. I mean, sorry about the audio. I mean, there was a lot going on at that time. But thank you for coming on this podcast. Um, let's just start off with, you know, some of the simple like questions. Like, where do you come from? Like, where? how did you... Like, let's start with just the very beginning of Paul. Like, where were you born? Oh, where was I born? Yeah. I was born in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. And um, how have you always had, like, a theatrical background? Or when did that get started? Um, That started really for me in high school. Like, I was a pretty shy kid. I'm still a pretty shy person, like, sort of introverted mostly. But um, I liked 
uh, I just sort of, for some, I don't know. Looking back, I don't really know how it happened because I yeah. am sort of, like I said, shy and introverted by, by nature. But I joined my high school drama club. Okay. And so I was in drama club. I was the treasurer. And then oh. I was the president. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Went from treasurer to president. Yeah, nice. it was a pretty stellar career. <laughs> um, and so I started doing uh, that. And then uh, when I was in college i saw my first improv show okay and um what were they called do you remember oh yeah it was called erasable ink erasable like, ink like nice. inc like incorporated oh, okay cool um, Where, where'd you go to college i went to university of maryland in college park okay. and i went to your cal state northridge and i got my master's in northwestern oh wow. i paid for it i might as well say it <laughs> yeah you're right um, <laughs> be proud of that but i'll say uh, this is a story I, I tell a lot but it's my favorite story when yeah. i saw my first improv show it was erasable ink and they were doing um it was like I had just gotten to college and my friend, one of my first friends that I made at college, this guy Tom Gallian, uh, said, Hey, I'm going to do I'm in this improv show. Do you want to come and see it? And at this point I didn't know what that meant. But mm. I was like, Okay, sure. And so the first half of the show was short form and I sort of got that. Okay, that's pretty easy to understand. Yeah. And then the second half was a herald. And um, they, he was kind of new to the group. He was, a, he was a freshman like me, but they had sort of been working for a little while, and he was sort of new to the group. But uh, but they did a herald, and this her and part of the herald was this guy trying to find out who made music, right? So he was like questing, 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 trying to find out who made music. And then towards the end, he's like, "I'm going in there," and these two guys jump out as guards, like, "No, you're not." He's like, "Yes, I am." And he pushes past these two guys, uh -huh. and he gets in. He's like, "You, you guys make music, Paul McCartney and Paul Simon and John <laughs> Lennon." And then the guy who was Paul McCartney spoke up. He's like, "Right, we usually make the music first, then jazz it up for everyone else." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Like it totally blew my mind." And it just like the whole thing like came together. Wow. It blew my mind, and I literally. I remember so clearly, I literally said out loud to myself, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, and it was like, go. it was like being called to the priesthood. I was like, I gotta go. Wow. I gotta be in that thing. And so I, uh, I knew, uh, Thomas and, and so I, I met some of the other guys, but then I sort of went away on exchange for a year to Cal State Northridge and, and started doing improv really there Okay. At, at that school. They were just starting an improv program. And I was like, I know improv. I've seen improv. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so I got into that group cause they were just starting it off. And, uh, and that was awesome. I learned a ton about improv and. I was able to bring some of that back and I eventually auditioned and got into a race link and then uh, became the director of that group. And, wow. and then from there just kind of followed improv. And this was, this was a long time ago, I'll say. And so improv wasn't as big a thing as it is now. So it was like harder to find. So sure. I did that. And then when I graduated from college, I ended up doing um, some comedy sports in Virginia. Cause that was like okay. really the other thing. Yeah. And then I ended up taking class with this guy who was teaching in the basement of the department of defense. Okay. So I would like go and sign in the Department of Defense and go in this elevator down oh the basement. Oh my crazy. I don't even know how we found that class. Wow. I went to that uh, for a little while. But the great thing about that class, which was, I didn't go a ton of times, but at one class he said, oh, I'm bringing in a guest teacher from Chicago, Second City. And I was like, oh, great. And so it was Michael Gelman, who I'm a gigantic fan of, who's awesome, just super cool dude. Wow. And um, he taught this two-day workshop. And... Um, and, uh, and sort of coincidentally to that, I knew who Michael Gellman was. This is really random. I knew uh -huh. who guy Michael Gellman was because we went to maybe one of the first college improv festivals ever wow. at Skidmore College. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and he was the guest, the sort of keynote guy there. Okay. And so I had met him very briefly. And he had sort of said something complimentary about our Herald or whatever. And, and nice. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> so, and so then when I saw him again uh, at this, when I knew he's, I paid, I paid to come into this workshop for two days. It was amazing, like, mind-blowing. Just like, you know, when you first start off improv, it's like leaps and bounds. You just, like, 
learn so much so fast because right. you don't know anything. And so it's like you sort of learn. You just suck it up so quick. Yeah. You know? And so and so at the end, I was like, I, you know, I'm really, at the end of the work of the two days, I said, you know, I'm really interested in doing improv and I'm just not sure what. He's like, well, you really want to do it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you got to move to Chicago. I was like, you got it. And like <laughs> a couple, couple months later, I moved to Chicago. Wow. And I, um, I, I, was, I went to Northwestern and I signed up for Second City and... I was doing Second City classes and taking classes at Northwestern to get my master's in theater. And uh, and then I ended up um, sort of joining up and directing there. They have a big improv show at Northwestern. It's a big um, sort of start as, uh, there's a show at Northwestern called the uh, the Wamu Show, which is like a, a big fundraiser for like, for like older um, sort of graduates and alumni okay. and it's sort of like very mainstream and for the big okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and then this uh, the meow show which was this show was called was started as like a sort of counterculture sort of answer to that show but it's, mm-hmm. now it's like a, its own institution sort of okay. and so I ended up um, sort of sniffing that out and sort of getting to direct that show which is great it was amazing because it's like super uh, it's a super popular show on campus so you get tons of people auditioning. I, I, it was my first time auditioning people. I saw like hundreds of people I think for wow. this for this show and and uh, and ended up sort of casting it and still some great people are still my friends today. Uh, Ed Herbstman who started the the uh, the Magnet Theater was one of the guys that I cool. cast wow. in the show. Um and uh, Jeanville Peak, who's now on um, on AP Bio, was also in the show. Yes, uh, Adrian Wenner, who's a, who's a writer on a bunch of things, and, and Ethan Sandler, who is his writing partner uh, on on to other things. Uh, Abby Cohn, who's a writer and now director. It was it was a great uh, Anjali Bamani, who's a who's an actress and a voice for uh, video games for Sweet. I think Overwatch is her, the game she's in. Oh, nice! Um, but a bunch a bunch of people have done uh, awesome things. Colby Bissera, who's a um, who's a, a music teacher, Dan Weiss, a great friend of mine, who's sort of into another part of the business. But yeah. great people that I'm still uh, friends with uh, today. Many of them, and uh, and so, so cool. I, I went on to do that. And then sort of as I was wrapping up that experience, Ed uh-huh. Herbsman um, said, "You got to go to I O." You have to go to, uh, to improv, at the time Improv Olympic. You got to go to Improv Olympic. I was right. Like, okay. okay. I trust you. And <laughs> yeah. so I went to Improv Olympic and um, I saw the family and it was great. It was so great. It made me mad. It was like, <laughs> so, God damn it. Yes. Yes. Mad, but so excited. Yes. So invigorated. So I saw that and I signed up and started classes at. And Improv Olympic. Wow. The, that's the so original cool. Chicago location? The, the, not the, well, it sort of depends on what you pick as the original location. It was in Chicago, but it was like, it was upstairs of this bar that had, it was like on this tiny stage where there's mostly a really music venue uh-huh. and they would have bands in. And so like our show would wrap up at 10 o'clock. They're like, you gotta go. We gotta, you gotta go. There's <laughs> a band coming in. So we would wow. leave or whatever. Um, so this was, that was before the original I guess the original, sort of what most people think of was the original location in the, which was the Swedish men's club. And then before the, the gigantic new thing was built. Okay. Gotcha. That's interesting. So I just kind of want to go back a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, your yeah. very first show, you got to see a Herald for the first time. My very first improv show. Yeah. I saw a Herald. Yeah. Did you like, cause I remember my first time seeing it. Like, did you like, were you, did you pick up on any of the pattern or like, or like the formula of it yet? Or were you just kind of like, what is this? Like, what were your first thoughts? If you can a, remember, like, that's a great question. Like? Um, I don't, I, I honestly don't remember any of that stuff. I think that sort of uh, their version of the Herald was pretty loosey goosey. Really? Okay. You know, so I don't know that it was like uh, a textbook Herald per se. Yeah. I mean, I sort of understand, understood the scenes were coming back and stuff. And even when I think about other Heralds that we did, they were 
really training wheels heralds like really sort of the beginning of the of the thing because it was like students teaching other students like before right. they left so yeah there wasn't a, and there wasn't a ton of outside influence because there wasn't like a million improv groups in every college right. town and there wasn't like small theaters and there wasn't festivals and there wasn't the internet right <laughs> exactly couldn't look it up on youtube right or... so in a in a weird twist the the guys who started erasable ink were trained by um as i understand it they were trained by people from yale from purple crayon at yale oh, wow. so they were like our sister troop and those guys were trained by sharna and dell when they were putting together the Southern Comfort sort of improv tournament, and that's sort of where the the improv Olympic idea came from. It started off sort of more as a competition, sort of closer to comedy Okay, sports. right. That makes sense because so, of the name. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so Yale, Purple Crayon, was trained by them, and then they sort of trained our, our the beginning of our group, and then this just sort of passed down. Generate, so it's like you learned, like, there's 20 things to know, and you sort of pass on those 20 things, right? And there yeah. wasn't a ton of way to, to find out other stuff. Yeah. You know, this was wow. before truth and comedy was written. It was like really early on in the process. So we taught each other, we taught ourselves, and sometimes we'd see another improv group and we'd go, Oh my god, <laughs> we'd yeah. and we would visit Yale sometimes and sort of hang out with those guys and see, you know, what was up, what they were working on and what we were working on and stuff and and um and that kind of thing, you know. That's so cool. So like what was it that cuz you're still doing it today? Yeah. Like so like and you said you had that moment you were called to the priesthood yeah, like for sure. like can like what keeps you going with it? Cuz mm. I mean you've been doing it for quite some time and like yeah. what so what keeps that that fire still going? What's that passion for? Sure. Um I think sort of originally what I loved about it was that you bring everything you've got to it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not like um, cause you're the writer, you're the director, you're the editor, you're the, the actor, you're everything, yeah. you know? So you sort of, it's like really asks everything from you. It's just you and a couple of chairs and you make everything else up. I thought that was really amazing. And it's super, um, minimal in some ways. It doesn't require a lot. You can add things to it, of course, but it doesn't require a lot of outside stuff. A couple of chairs really at the yeah. most. And, uh, and so that was kind of what really drew me to it at first. And what keeps me going on it is it's, um, it's sort of like, uh, when I sort of first fell in love with it, it was sort of like a religion to me. Like I saw, it was like a really sort of pivotal time in my life. And I saw it as this lens and I saw everything sort of through that lens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it really, um, it really just affected my life in a, in, in a lot of ways where it's like, you know, even when I would like get a job and be working on something, they're like, do you know how to do this? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. sort of figure it out and sort of yes and that and <laughs> yeah. you know, roll, you make roll it. with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally, you know. And um and just, you know, sort of thinking on the fly and thinking outside the box and and sort of yes anding and sort of all this kind of thing like that that sort of approach to life I think is really was really formative for me and that's what I sort of love about it. Yeah. And then I and then and then I think also teaching has really kept me super into it, really excited about it because I love performing for sure, and that's and that's great, and I I love that. Um, but I also really love teaching and really love sharing what I know with other people. And and as one of the guys in the in the interviews you played said that I'm known as like the level one guy. Yeah, and the you were my guy. level one teacher, so <laughs> right. right. I heard that a lot. In the last couple weeks. But, Is there a reason for that, or did you yeah, like, yeah. did you ask for that, or um, I don't. You know what? I don't know if I asked for it or just kind of happened, but it's ended up being a good match. Okay, oh, well, great. actually I know kind of how it happened. Well, my first class that I taught uh, was in Chicago when 
when Matt Besser and the UCB were sort of like kind of coalescing, mm -hmm. uh, we were sort of uh, friends and sort of mixing and doing shows and this and that together. And, and so when he left to do, to go start the UCB in New York, um, uh, I sort of inherited his level three class, which at the time was oh. the movie and the deconstruction. Oh. And so I taught his, that, that class, which was his class, um, at first. And then when I opened the IO West or the IO LA out mm -hmm. here, um, I was the only teacher. So wow. when we started, I was the first session I taught three, <laughs> I taught three level one classes, like to, I taught two on Saturday and one on Sunday. And so I was the only teacher. Yeah, so it's a I good learned, thing you liked it. <laughs> yes, yes, I loved it. I loved it. And I, and I sort of uh, um, just sort of really got to love level one. And, and I, there's a ton of things I love about level one. Like one is, uh, is that you get to, it's a great responsibility because you get to shape that person's journey moving forward. Like yeah. their first impression of improv comes from you. And yeah. they, so they, that's the original yardstick that they use and they may change that later on. That's entirely possible, but you're the original yardstick that they, that they compare everything else against. And so you want to sort of, you know, really live up to that responsibility. So you try to give them a good experience and, and the basic tools uh, that they need to move forward. Yeah. Um, and then, also, I think level one is super thrilling because you can see people improve from the beginning of a class to the end of a class. Yeah. Like in three hours, you can see someone get better, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. And also, also, I sort of like the struggle a little bit. People come in, they're like, well, I'm terrified of improv and that's why I'm here. Or, you know, I don't know. I've never seen an improv show or I, I don't, I had it, I did it before I had a terrible experience, but I'm giving it another try or whatever. Yeah. Whenever someone says to... they had a terrible experience, I feel, I feel like that's a personal challenge to me of like, <laughs> I'm going to make you fall in love with improv. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. You absolutely. get to see them like come out of their shell. Yeah, absolutely. I had a similar experience. I taught swim lessons for a couple summers and you'd get these five-year-old kids who wouldn't even put their face underwater but after two weeks, they're jumping off the diving board into your arms. Uh, That's kind of a similar yeah, situation. Totally. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You sort of, you see them sort of like take their first tentative steps and their confidence grow. And that's it's really gratifying to, to, to see that. So maybe that's like a selfish sort of thing of it. But but I but I also I'm also a good match for it because I'm a big believer in the basics. I I tell people that I don't really coach that much, but most of the teams that I coach are teams that have sort of been together for a while and kind of lost their way. Mm. And they sort of come back around and they find me somehow. And then I always go back to the basics, go back to the beginning. And yeah. that usually gets them back on track. It's not, they need a, a cooler edit or a fancier opening. It's that they need to sort of just re reconnect to the basics. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm a big leader in basics. So I'm a really good match for for level one in that in that respect as well. Um, and then now I just have a bunch of experience with it. And then, and the level, uh, the Herald is, is the same way. It is the beginning of something new. It's the beginning yeah. of the next chapter for them. Because if you go by the IO sort of system, it's like intro and then character and game kind of, and then advanced scene work and then Herald. So it's like, they're sort of like learning something new. And I love to be there at the beginning of things. And so, um, that's why, and I love the Herald. And I think, and again, I think there's, there's, um, I'm a pretty good sort of communicator about the basics of what I think make of the structure, what makes a good herald. And, and then they can build on that and they can sort of go from there, but you just got to have the, the, the basics first. And I, and I love that. And I love to teach that. Absolutely. Now for our audience who may not be familiar with long form improv, 
Um, how would you kind of quickly describe what a herald is? Oh man, yeah, very quickly. <laughs> oh, very quickly. Well, in a couple of words, um, I'll sort of say say two things. Um, one is sort of Dell's final definition of the herald was it is an aesthetically pleasing arrangement of scenes, games, and monologues. Nice, right? Um, and uh, and I think in the biggest picture, that's that's kind of it. It's sort of it is a way of putting scenes together. Um, to just to to, um, to some sort of bigger end like that's that's kind of what I think of it's like that's because that because that's really it once you sort of get away from the, the the nuts and bolts of like an opening and three scenes and a game three the real what is it really really about it's it's putting scenes together to sort of make a, a, a sum that's bigger than the sum of its parts you know what I'm saying yeah. just like an overall structure yeah. yeah cool yeah absolutely it's it's fun because I, I think I've seen in my you know short time of of improv i've seen uh well i guess longish shortish but you know i started in high school so like but like i it's so funny to see how many ways people have tried to explain what a herald is like you know they draw the three circles and Mm -hmm. then they go line down and they do the big like yeah it's it's super fun and and for those who've listened to our podcast a couple uh ways ago we shared uh kind of the last moments of dell close so when he mentions dell Dell's the guy who who he's the one who created the form Harold's I mean he created a lot more than that but is he the one who gets the credit for that specifically because I know you mentioned him yeah I think it ends up sort of being mostly him and a little bit of Sharn is my understanding of it yeah but, okay. but mostly him he was working uh sort of previously with the committee and sort of putting scenes together and sort of uh he came out of a tradition of uh sort of like a second city-ish sort of tradition where they would do scenes that were like almost like sketches, but, but, but improvised was like a three minute scene was mm. the standard. Mm. And then he started putting scenes together and, 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 uh, and that kind of thing. And, and that's kind of like the real seed, seed, seed of it. And then the, the sort of codifying of what it is now, what we think of the, the training was Harold well, came sort of later. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, okay. So you, you're, you're in this world, yeah. you got all, you got your, your teaching, I'm assuming maybe at this point, and cause you said you started teaching in Chicago. Mm-hmm. When was the moment that you were kind of approached of, Hey, we're actually going to take IO to Los Angeles. Well, that's actually not, that's the opposite of how it happened. Oh, okay. Great. So <laughs> I had, um, so, uh, sort of a crazy story but i was teaching and i, I had was doing a bunch of shows and like i was at io like six or seven nights a week and when mm. i wasn't there i was like maybe i'll go to the io <laughs> when i wasn't there i was thinking about maybe going there yeah like, it was like, like it was super yeah <laughs> basically um it was yeah the, some people did sleep there for sure that was definitely part of the thing um but it was such an exciting time and i mean if you think about sort of just what was going on then dell was sort of younger and healthy and creating a ton. And he was a constant presence there. That was super exciting. The community was growing, growing by, by leaps and bounds. There's a lot of super creative people there. Uh, like Sharna was my first teacher, but then I had Matt Besser and Ian and Adam McKay, Ian Roberts and Adam McKay. Wow. And Ali Farinakian was a good friend of mine. I saw all the guys from the family, Ali, who went on to start the, um, start the pit with Armando Diaz. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And then the Armando Diaz show was just starting and, Noah Gregoropoulos was there, and and uh, the first team I ever coached was like five guys, and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, wow. and it was just like it was just like a it was like a hotbed. Like That's if you ever so read good. like at, like Outliers or like one of those books about talent, it was just like a hotbed. Like it was it was really happening, and the more it happened, the more people came to be part of it happening. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like it was like really it was just like things were happening so much so fast. It was like a really exciting heady time. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so it was like super exciting. I'm, 
I got off track. What was the question? <laughs> All right. So when did when did uh, oh, right. the idea for so so I was doing that, and then sort of there's at the time in Chicago, it was I was kind of at the, the top of the food chain at I O, which was great, and I loved that. I was doing sh so many shows and stuff, and then I was like auditioning to get into Second City because that was like the that was like the the jewel because that was like mm. the paying job. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Product. And so I had auditioned a few times, and it just didn't hadn't sort of happened for me or whatever. And then sort of around that same time, my group got selected to go to the um to the aspen hbo aspen comedy festival to do improv okay. which was really i think we we're the second group in the history of the festival to do it wow uh, and so so it was like super exciting and we were doing the improvised movie that was our form at the time nice. and so i knew i was going to go do that and, and and second city just didn't seem like it was going to sort of pan out for me so then i was like well do i just kind of keep banging my head against that or do i so i knew that i was i had decided to move to la Okay. And me and the so the the team, um, the, t the tribe at the time, then later Bitter Noah, we decided we we're going to move to LA. Okay. Wow. And so we were going to go to Aspen and then sort of to LA. Wow. And so, and so, but I loved I loved the community that I was in, and so I approached Sharna and I said, you know, has anyone ever tried to buy the IO or franchise the 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 Improv Olympic, uh -huh. and she said no, be, and doesn't really matter because it's just a name. I mean, the important thing is is the people, right? right? Yeah, which is which is funny in retrospect. But um, <laughs> but uh, so I so I said, well, I'm going to L.A. I want to start a an I an Improv Olympic in Los Angeles, and she's like, okay, whatever. And so <laughs> and so, so this was your idea. Oh yeah, wow. it was 100 percent my idea. wow. Yes. Jeez. So cool. Let history reflect. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was 100% my idea. And uh, she was like, okay. And so we sort of, um, sort of, we're sort of the co-founders of it, I guess. I was the the boots on the ground guy. Totally. And she was like sort of the money guy. And uh, and yeah, we started it. And, and uh, the first, it, we just rented this space at the Stella Adler Theater, a classroom space, and put a few ads in, in Backstage West when... That was the main way of communicating with people, and <laughs> people signed up. And I was like taking calls, like whatever, like wow. hardline calls. I didn't even have a cell phone, didn't even have a pager, nothing. Wow. Just like just had to be by my phone and like wait for people to call. And so I was like, I remember at the time, my girlfriend and I went to San Diego on for like a, a, a getaway, a vacation or whatever. And I and before we went out, I had to like make like twenty calls before we could go and do anything in San Diego. I was wow. like, I gotta do these calls. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, and so, yeah, and so that's kind of how it got started. Wow. So, and then, like, <laughs> sorry, it just, it, so what, what were some of the challenges, like, you first had that's starting a, a theater? Because I'm sure question. it's going to help you with some cool things happening in the future. Yes, so. I think a lot of the challenges that I faced, I think, are not as much challenges anymore. Mm. Um, at the time, it was uh, a really open market. There was basically the groundlings, mm -hmm. and that's it. <laughs> like that was the only other sort of, sort of really improv game in town. Wow. And so when we came, it was like super open. And um, the the tricky part was really the name. That was like the trickiest part because I would say, oh, the Improv Olympic, and they'd say, oh, the Improv on Melrose, mm. like the the stand up club. And I say, no, no, that's not it. Oh. We do improv comedy. So like stand up, no, no. Not like stand -up. <laughs> and so it was a lot of sort of just really educating the 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 general public yeah. of kind of what it is that we were doing wow. was like the main 
uh, was like the first challenge just to get people to understand like what we're doing and then to get down to the business of the Herald and their Armada or whatever. Yeah. So to get people to understand what it is that it is and the, well, what is the product, right? Yeah. And so that was like the first hurdle, trying to get people to understand that. Um, and luckily, um, you know, I was starting the theater, but we all had sort of moved, we all sort of bit or no, I had moved to LA. So we were doing shows and at first we were doing like, two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday or yeah. And we're doing like a, a movie and a Herald, a movie and a Herald. And, okay. And then, and then, and then we sort of started with the Armando show and that was amazing. Cause that was like a lightning rod. And it's sort of like people who had sort of left LA or let, sorry, who had left Chicago and come to LA were like, Oh, well, there's improv here. Whatever. And they would like ah, just come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I met Sweet. Dave Kector. And that's how I met, nice. you know, a ton, a ton of, um, a ton of other people. Um, Steve Carell did a few Armandos and Nancy Walls, his wife did a few Armandos and wow. just a bunch, Ian, Ian Gomez and uh, a bunch of people that, <laughs> you know, uh, just had come kind of out of the woodwork that they had missed it. Yeah. And they wanted to be back a part of it. And so it was great. It was wow. really, it was really fun. And so that's kind of how it got, um, kind of got going, but that, but that was the, that was the original sort of hurdle was that of like, it's, we're not, we're not the improv we're doing improv and it's improv Olympic and, and uh, it's more scenes. It's closer to a play than it is to stand up. Yeah. And so it was like educating people and also just kind of uh, sort of technically uh, teaching class. One of the, one of the first hurdles I think was that it was really all actors and, and oh, not, yeah. not improvisers. Now there's a breed of people that are improvisers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sort of like when, you know, at when, when MMA started, it was like boxing versus wrestling, mm -hmm. right? But now there's MMA fighters that are all that. Right, right? Yeah. yeah. So at the time, we were like improvisers teaching actors. Actors were like a specific like segment and yeah. we were trying to sort of give them a different, and now there's improvisers and, and they're just a, a thing, you know? Yeah. So it was trying to, one of the technical things was trying to get people to play outside their type. Interesting. You yeah. Know, because if you're doing a Herald, if you're like a, a young mom type, you can't be a young mom in every scene. Right. I suppose you could be a young mom, but why, but why not open up a little bit? So it was like trying to challenge people to play outside their type a little bit. Mm. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of these really small different. Yeah. Which I, which I bet is good for, for actors. And that's kind of another thing, like as you've have taught actors, why do you think it's important for actors to take improv class? You might've already explained one, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think, well, yeah. Playing outside your type, I think is, is really good and really informative for you because you I think you become a better foil um because when you like let's say you're a young mom and you have to play the dad right so then you're playing the dad and you're like ah, I really wish they would give me this or sort of re respond to me in this way mm -hmm. so then when you sort of are back into the young mom you remember that lesson you're like oh when I was the dad I was really hoping for this kind of thing so I'll give that kind of thing it's yeah. like a walk a mile on my shoes sort of a yes. deal you yeah know? totally and so you so you sort of get a bigger um sort of global vision of the scene not just your part but you sort of see how your part fits into the whole thing you get a better sense of that so I think right. that's really important True. um two improvising uh is like 90 percent listening right mm. and actors are are always 
I think the best actors are the best listeners. They sort of take in what's happening with their with their partner and they really respond to that. And you know, acting is reacting, they say, and, and that that's improv in a nutshell. Absolutely. Like, you sort of you you are really re if you're really doing it, you're really reacting what's happening. You're not thinking one second ahead, you're not planning even a microsecond ahead, you are reacting yeah. to what just happened in the moment, the actual moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And you kind of like get to flex that muscle because you know, in improv, you don't have the script knowing what's going to come next. Right. You literally are reacting to what this person is saying to you. Sean, I always like to, to bring this up because so Sean didn't even know. So Sean came out here January of last year and he mm. experienced his first long form show at the pack. He didn't yeah, even know long form existed. I knew of whose line is it anyway. Sure. Right. Know? And that's what <laughs> I most, think people that's most people's. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what was your first reactions? Like seeing that there's not just whose line, there's long form. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, it really made quite an impression on me as well. And, and and then when I saw like the different concepts for it, you know, um, the, the resistance, how they were making action movies, and my favorite was opening night, how they were making a musical off the top of their yeah, heads. I amazing. was like, this is incredible. Yeah, and he then, like, he saw it and then became this huge fan <laughs> of it. And like, I loved seeing that about him, that he came to see a show that we did and then like, and then he would just go on his own to go and find all this different improv. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I think just, I mean, I never participated, but I think one one good thing that I saw was just that team aspect where you, there's no judgment. You guys are all just yes-anding each other, you know, and you're just, whatever someone adds to it, like, okay, well, that's part of the reality of this situation now, mm -hmm. and you all just run with it. And, like, like you guys have both said, like you said before, like you're both kind of shy guys, but I've, I've seen you on stage, and it, you just it's you can't tell like you're someone else you know like it's it's really incredible to see people just come out of them shelves be or their shelves be completely comfortable and just have that team support structure yeah it's because because you see for me what i love about improv is is the is the people it's not a one person now you do a mono one person uh <laughs> movie yeah. uh form which i blows my mind but for me you know why i love it is that it's so interactive with people you rely so much on each other and for me i love that i love people and i love getting to know people and i feel like improv you get to know people very well because their emotions are raw a lot of what they're saying is 100 percent true and it's like yeah improv is like truth serum like people yeah. say things that they don't necessarily mean to say sometimes yeah <laughs> and uh, but that's great that's really interesting i think that sort of that's that sort of goes back to what one of the things i really love about it you bring yourself to it mm -hmm. and that's it it's like and people sometimes say well how do i find my voice and and i think you don't need to find your voice i think you're you just need to sort of um sort of work on your technique and once your technique is reaches a certain level then it then it allows you to express your voice and when when the when the technique becomes sort of frictionless yeah then your voice comes through automatically because at certain when you're learning you're you're sort of like you're working the technique and 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 that you know, that there's distortion through the technique. You sort of end up doing sort of like when you're learning a language, right? I know mm. how to say these few things. So it seems like I'm obsessed with food because all I need to know how to talk about is food or whatever, right? Yeah. But once I become fluent in the language, I can, I, then I can, then you know who I really am. Yeah. I can say all, anything I want. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's how it is. And I tell people all the time that, that improv is a, is a medium like paint. And once you learn how to mix paint and apply it to the canvas, then you can paint anything you want. You just need to master those technical, those basic mm -hmm. aspects. And then and then you can sort of use that medium to express whatever it is that, that, that's on your mind. That's when your real artistic yes. voice, I think, comes through. When the craft, because anyone can learn the craft, and the next level is taking it to an art. 
Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. That's how, how long ago was it that you moved to LA and were trying to open the theater? When was that? Um, 20 some odd years. Because wow. it's still like, like 20 years such ish? kind of a new type of thing, but it very quickly became like a staple. Like they were saying in the, the interviews that you did, someone said that they want to see it on your resume if you're an actor. Like mm -hmm. it's now like a must. So it's yeah, crazy. a couple years after we got here, it started to really um, sort of come into the into the greater consciousness. And and then and we started getting these. Uh, I started hearing this more in level one. My agent told me to come and take a class. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was an interesting sort of ch change in the in the market and in the community because. You know, and then it's, we start seeing it in movies, then it became more important and stuff like that. So yeah. it's just like anything else. I think you just need it as like one of the one of your skills, you know, like accents or whatever you, you have, you know, yeah, or, right. oh, I, I know method or on camera technique. They want to see improv that you have all the different um, all these different skills, you know, yeah. it just makes you a well-rounded person and performer and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And person we'll get to in a second. <laughs> so so let me just let's just try and get this into a full circle here. So okay. then. So then you you started IO you're 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 doing your thing. How long was it until you kind of because now then you when I met you you know you became more of a teacher and more focused on uh -huh. teaching. When was that and when did you decide to more focus on that? Yeah, uh, when I when I first went and started the IO, I ran it for a couple of years, the first couple of years, mm. and then it was just um, it was really just like an economic decision. Like it was so much work for the amount that I was getting paid. Sure, yeah. And I was like, I just, I don't know if I can do it. She's like, okay. And so then I was really quick. I was like, <laughs> you don't even want to try to keep me on? Okay, whatever. <laughs> but but, uh, but I was still, I was still so in love with it. So I, I kept teaching and, yeah. and uh, you know, performing and that kind of stuff. Like I was sort of relieved to be out of that, out of that role. Um, you know, I was sort of conflicted. I, I loved it. And uh, obviously I wish that, you know, they'd say, well, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a raise. To yeah, you know? right. For but, sure. But, you know, it, it was what it was. But I think it, it all kind of shakes out the way that it shakes out for a reason. And uh, but I stuck around teaching. And so I just taught for a long time and did shows and had a few different groups along the way. And, you know, I was in the musical group at the very beginning. And then I was like, oh, no, you guys are really going to sing? Never mind. <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm an OK, like improv sing, singer. But like once it gets down to like those guys are real oh, singers, oh, like, so it's so like great. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, With and, that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Can I bring up mm -hmm. one of my favorite teams? Oh. So how did you get involved with? I think it was a little bit later. But how did you get involved with Beer Shark Mice? Because oh. that is my, you know, I'm going to be stroking your ego here. But that is my number one favorite team. Like yeah. back in. Back in little old Utah, when we would meet in my, you know, in my uh, living room and we're like studying improv, I had a DVD that came with uh, Art by Committee, uh -huh. I think, and it had, you know, like a, a Beer Shark Mice and a few other ones, and and like that's what I would show people to be like, uh -huh. this is how improv, this yeah, is like yeah. it. So like, that how did you get involved I with them? Joined the team. Yes, yes, um, but how I, did you get I, there? Well, um, when the team first started. Um, uh, there was another guy named uh, Pat McCartney who was on the team, mm -hmm. and he uh, moved. He moved to to New York to follow his fortunes in New York, and so they were short handed, and so I 
they asked me to sit in. I sat in and I sat in a couple more and mm-hmm. sat in a couple more. And then I kind of became the regular sit in guy. <laughs> and then just like, just like happens with so much stuff that I've dealt with with these guys. I go, at, at one point, at one point, I think it was Pete. He's like, you know, you're on the team, right? Just, just show up. And I was like, yeah, okay, man. You guys. So I would just like, wow. instead of them calling me every, you know, they would, I would just start showing up and then that, wow. that was it. But it sort of was, it's funny because it was kind of like a, throwback to like my real big break in improv was when I was in Chicago and the family which was like the unquestioned sort of yes. probably the best team in the world yes. on the planet at, uh-huh. at the time um was just all crazy heavy hitters and um uh do you know the family oh you know I've heard of them obviously okay. I haven't really got to see them, yeah. unfortunately yeah. But, but they're great but yes this, the ro- we should do the roster hit them uh Matt Besser and Ian Roberts, who went on to start the, the UCB, mm-hmm. Ali uh, Faranakian, who went on to start the pit, Adam McKay, who went on to win an Oscar, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Pete Holney, who's worked a ton, uh, a guy who you may have seen on TV once or twice, Neil Flynn, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, just just amazing, just yeah. amazing. Oh, wow. Anyway, but just amazing, just all crazy great guy, and just like crushing it every night. Yeah, and so. But as things do, they change. And so some of those guys started to get into second. Oh, and also Miles Straw. I should say that. Miles Straw. Miles Straw. Yeah. I, I think of Miles as I've worked with Miles in other capacities. So it's not the first thing I think of. Yes. But also <laughs> Miles was an important, integral part of that of that team as well. Wow. And um, and so, you know, some of those people started to get into Second City and sort of do other things. And so once they, for this is like the first thing. They yeah. Were, they were shorthanded. And so one night. I'm at my in my studio apartment and I get a call from Sharna like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> hey, uh, Beer Shark Mice, not, not Beer Shark, the family yeah. is shorthanded. Do you want to sit in with them? No. And I was like, yes. Whoa. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. That's because so cool. It was, like, it was like Little League being called up to play for uh, the, yeah. the majors. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And so, you know, I show up and, and I don't know if she had talked to them or not. And I was like... Hey, I was like, I had a tie up. <laughs> like, so I was like, hey, um, I'm here for the show. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, all right, whatever. And and then I did okay. And they kept asking me back. So I did that for a while. Awesome. And, and that was that was like really my big break because then that was like really just a real um gosh, a once in a lifetime opportunity to yeah. just sort of jump from like from like the 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 main sort of group of improvisers into this uh to, to rub shoulders with these guys who were the elite. So oh, that yeah. was like really my, my big breakthrough. And that led to me inheriting my map as class and like all this kind of stuff. And so gotcha. that was really my big break. And then sort of it's happened similarly with beer shark mice. They were shorthanded. And, and I, I think my, I think one of the things I can do as an improviser is I can play the way that you play. Right. Okay. So I'd seen the show a few different times and I knew the way they wanted to do it. And I was like, I'll do it that way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know? And, um, you know, I, I bring my own sort of spin to it, but it's not like, it's not like two different styles. Like I'll play in your style. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and cool. use my voice in that style. So, uh, so yeah. So that was it. So that's how I, that's how I hooked up. With wow. Me. Yeah. That is. So that was cool. like years ago. And it's so funny because I'm still like the new guy. They're like, hey, new guy. Whatever. <laughs> wow, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna come back around here. Don't worry, because I know I know some of you who are listening to this are like, but wait, you're talking about the thing that happened a couple weeks ago. We'll get to that because you guys asked us a lot of questions, but we're going to take a short little break. We're going to play some fun, you know, our normal segments with, with Paul, if you don't mind joining us on these segments. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So let's see. Do we have time for all of them or should we just do the one? I think we are. 
I think we can just do the one, I think. Because we're pretty far in there. <laughs> uh, which part? Let's do Don't You Dare Laugh is what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. So, you guys know this segment if you're listening to. We're going to play some clips. Uh, yeah. Trend, here it comes. Don't you dare laugh. <laughs> I mean it. Okay. Awesome, Sean, take it away. All right, so uh, Watson and I just ha- we each brought a few funny clips. We're just gonna try and make the other person laugh with them. It's just a fun little segment that we enjoy doing. Uh, we hope we can make you laugh, Paul, as well. Feel free, feel free to laugh. <laughs> That's great. I These love are it. just silly videos off the internet, so it's kind of funny to. Show these to, you know, one of your improv heroes. <laughs> We're just going to watch funny of these, you know, funny videos. Uh, so I went first last time. You oh. did, so I'll go first. Do I watch? Okay. Yes, you can watch here and you can listen here however you want. Um, yeah, so my first clip is very fast. So you okay. got to pay real close attention. So it was, it's really snowy and a news reporter is out. And yeah, it's better if we just go in. Let's go in. We're told to stay off roadways unless absolutely, positively necessary. I wanted donuts. But they still can't. <laughs> Wait, what? That was our Watch it again. Watch it again. Oh, there's Let something else we're in. looking for? No, no, no. It's what you need. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're done for. <laughs> yeah, we got it. You really hated that clip, I guess. <laughs> we're told to stay off roadways unless absolutely, positively necessary. I wanted donuts. But they still can't. <laughs> No, I caught that. But that's her interview. That's it. No, that's what's funny about it. She, they, the, they, the police said you absolutely cannot go out there, and she said I wanted donuts, so oh. she wanted to go out there. Okay, I'm coming out at a very low. Okay. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Fine. Guys. So, so this one is a couple telling their two sons that they're having another baby. Okay. And so they're just talking about it. All right. We're gonna go look at baby in mommy's tummy tomorrow. Are we gonna find out if we can have a baby brother or a baby sister? Sister. You want a sister? You want a sister? What do you want, Eli? A boy. You want a boy? What do you think it's gonna be? Kids always get me. White. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can you hear it? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is so cute. (laughs) You always get. Do you have two kids? That's cheating. You have a baby, you have a kid. Yeah. Sorry, you're always good with these kid videos. There's a lot of funny kid clips. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, this one, I don't even remember. All right. But we're just going to go for it. it. Oh. Happy birthday, Raven! Okay, see. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm doing all these quick videos. I'm trying a new attempt because my long videos weren't getting you. And so I'm trying this. So you got to listen real closely. I can't swim. I can't swim. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's just, so, it's just set up so timed so perfectly. It's just seven <laughs> seconds of... I died at that video, okay? Thought it was thought it was a good one. Man, I'm striking out. You only laughed when I explained it. Well, I'm, I'm like, missing them. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Tip number one. I'll definitely make it a little longer. How, how are I'm you handling this? Good. You doing okay? Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay so... I, I just typed in kids swearing. <laughs> and so best. this is a kid. I might need your headphones for this one. I heard the other one really well, but this one I, I'm worried about. What did you say to me before? Why did you have to stop? 
Because I had to take a shit. <laughs> a what? I had to take a shit. Oh, your shirt is so great, I though. I had to take a shit. Oh, the fi <laughs> finger comes out. That's not funny. Mom? Sorry, buddy. I had to take a shit. <laughs> Someone a take shit. him to the bathroom. I know. I had to take a shit. <laughs> Oh my I don't gosh. know why that was funny. That is a great one. Yeah, kids swearing are always great. Have you do you ever get, got in trouble for swearing when you were a kid? Yeah, because I we both come from Mormon families, right? So yeah. <laughs> and I, I try. I was pretty good at not swearing. So <laughs> yeah, have you you have kids, right? I, I mean, do, I, yeah. I bought Girl Scout cookies for you and your kids. <laughs> for my daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you ever got? Have you ever gotten trouble for? Like, are they? What were some of their first words, or did they ever get like that? Um. You know, my my kid's first words, my daughter's first word was doggy, which was like <laughs> random. And then I yeah. like didn't say another word for like a week. And then uh, my son's first word was mama, of course. Aww. And uh, but they don't they don't really swear. They're they're sort of like kind of just warming up to it. And they're like they're trying to fight, they're trying to figure out what's the swear. Like, can we say frickin'? Uh -huh. Can we say I was like I, re I prefer you not. But, <laughs> which is crazy because I swear all the time. Uh -huh. and, and they. They're like, my daughter will say inappropriate, not for kids, or whatever. <laughs> we're listening to songs and Keeps they like swear check. words in them. She's like, this is not for kids at all. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, oh, I don't know. That's like you. Okay, we only have two we have more, more left for each of us. Yes. Okay. So let me think. Yeah, this one I'm hoping. This is the one that's you know I always try and get. This one's longer. Okay. okay so this will help. Ending strong. Yeah. This is hopefully ending strong. Let's hear it. I don't want to set it up because I set it up too much last time. Uh, hey, come look at the site. Oh, cool. Can you download the Foo Fighters? Uh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> what did I do? You know it's illegal download copyrighted music. I'm taking you in. <laughs> Just got a stapler in his hand. Pay for music, never legally download. <laughs> Nice. Lesson learned. So, and just so you guys know who's listening, that audio wasn't our fault. That's their audio. That's <laughs> yeah. their audio on it. So it was, it was like a couple of high school kids trying to make a commercial about. Not <laughs> yeah, I think it's music. from Australia. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, they have like the set built, and like a guy comes in and kicks in the door, and like I love how she's like, is "Can you download the Foo Fighters?" Yeah, a stapler is a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, improv at its greatest. All right, I'm uh, trying to end strong as well. Okay. So uh, this this girl comes out to her grandma, who's like 90, and uh -huh. so grandma doesn't understand that yeah. kind of relationship, so she's trying to wrap her head around it. Okay. Oh, no. All right, I don't just kiss her, yes, but I'm not going to talk about it. Because you kiss her whole. Oh. Grandma, I don't kiss her whole. She kisses yours. No. She kisses your tits. Oh, my God. I never heard of this. The woman touched my tits, I slap her in the face. Oh, <laughs> Grandma, you gotta understand. That's not what it's all about. Man, you and old. So you always go with the old people or the young people. That's what you go with. That's actually a pretty good strategy. <laughs> yeah. There's, so there's, there, there's a plethora of those things. So. Yeah. 
Well, remember, guys, uh, we always post in the description these videos so you can watch with us. Uh, you can also feel free to send us some, uh, some of them uh, at our website or website. Whoa, we're getting a little too ahead of ourselves. But uh, at our Twitter at TDLA podcast, as well as on Instagram or send to us an email TDLA podcast at gmail.com. Sweet. So, all right, that was a good little palate cleanser for yeah. a second. Uh, Thank you for going on that ride with us. Yes. Sure. Sure. Thanks for having we're me. We're sitting here talking about, oh, light improv, so good. And then we, we hit you with some of these. Take a shade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we posted on our social media that we were going to have you and for people to send in questions, and we got some good ones. So. Okay. Yeah, um, we got quite a bit. <laughs> so we'll try and get, sorry, everybody, we'll try and get through as many of these as possible. Um, and also, I just want to say, you know, me and, you know, we all three, we've talked beforehand, like we're going to, we're, a lot of people have a lot of different emotions during this time. We're, we're trying to make this a very positive, you know, cause that's really what this should be is this is a very positive experience. You know, a lot of us feel lost. Like, you know, me, that was my home theater, but there's been a lot of great theaters that have reached out and stuff. So just keep that in mind that. If you're here to look for us bashing certain people, that's not why we're here for the today at oh, this, this podcast. Is a, this so. is a phoenix situation. Yeah. It will rise we'll from rise. the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> right. But okay. Uh, having said that, we'll start with um, we kind of already answered this one with about your favorite thing. So let's go to tell us about your worst show that you can remember. Oh sure. Um, <laughs> when I was in college, but this is like a great a great show because it like okay. really strengthens me as an improv. I think yeah, you learn a lot more from your bad shows than your good shows. Absolutely. Yes. But we were someone in our our college improv group was involved with a homeless shelter, and so we went to do a show at this homeless shelter. Okay, that sounds like fair, right? <laughs> uh -huh. So we, went, we go to this this. Um, the show at a homeless shelter and we're doing our show and as we're well, I guess they were going to show North by Northwest after us right so as we're doing our show we're like improvising our hearts out we're doing it and this and people kept saying when's the movie <laughs> show the movie come on now they were like it was like walking away I was like homeless people have something better to do than watch our stupid show it's like oh my gosh that was one terrible show and then also yeah. I'll say another one in college yes. as well we were um we the Panhellenic Council which is like the fraternity and sorority sort of over over body or whatever um asked us to come and sort of host this big thing that, it, that sort of like was sketches like that um that the uh that the fraternities and sororities did and so we're like okay great yeah. this sounds like up our alley so we went there but it's in this like gigantic room no one can hear us we're not wearing letters or anything okay they booed us off the stage every <gasps> single time we came on no it was amazing it was <laughs> wow. like being in the thunderdome every time we come out they're like Boo! Because no. they all knew the game. The game was that you would sort of do a you would sort of uh, amusement park style tape all your music and dialogue and then blast it through the speakers and lip sync along. Okay. We wow. didn't know that, so oh. we were trying to project over like. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> It was terrible. Oh, it was amazing. Man. It was amazing. Two terrible shows. <laughs> well, see, and even the greats have terrible shows. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I was telling someone last night. It, that's what's thrilling about improv. Improv is a crapshoot. I don't care if you've been doing it a day or 10 years, like it can always go south. There's always that possibility. Hopefully that possibility goes down as you do it longer. <laughs> sure, sure. But it's, you never know. Yeah. That, and that's what's exciting about it is like you're really finding out yeah. every time, every single time. And it's okay to have those uncomfortable situations. Oh, yeah. You grow from that. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay. Um, 
I know you said already that you're kind of in this phase of like you're not you're still trying to figure out what's going on with your theater, uh-huh. which is called what? Revolution Theater. Oh, we're really excited over here. <laughs> um, do you have a hope or vision for your new theater that or a direction that you hope to go with this theater? Yeah, I mean, like, like artistically, I think so. Yeah, so artistically, um, I think sort of, you know, when when I found out that the iOS was closing down, I was sort of trying to take the situation in and think, well, what does this mean moving forward, right? And you know, it's been really amazing, like the um, how the community sort of and the sort of ripples of the community have, have reached out because Miles who and Brian who who run the pack, Miles was was a was at basically one of my teachers at IO in Chicago. So yeah. it's sort of like IO reaching out to IO across time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Brian as well was in my level one class years ago. Wow. And so, and Nick Armstrong, who's the artistic director of the, was West also I... in my class, you yeah. know? So it's like IOs are reaching out to just the whole community is like one big community. It's been the outpouring and, and impro and a few other theaters, I think, I think have sort of come on the scene to, to offer sort of help for the, for the students. And I, so I was thinking, well, is that gonna, is that that, you know, is that gonna be what, what it is? But then the, the, the thing that I sort of, this sort of moved me to want to start something new was I think that there is a, an important voice that, 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 that I or we represent, which is relationship-based, uh, game-driven two-person scenes. Like that, mm. that idea of like relationship-based improv is... I think super important to me. It's what I love to watch. Yes. It's what I love to do. And that's kind of what I I want to preserve and, and put out there. It's a, a little bit more of an actorly approach okay. to, to, to improv. And um, I think that it sort of really um, easily translates to um, the, the work of an actor, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that is important and it makes you... Uh, I think that 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 voice I was I didn't want that voice to disappear from the conversation because yeah. every theater has their own perspective and I think that's super important I think that's really interesting but I think that that none of the none of the other theaters have that voice represented and so I, I sort of want to keep that going I, I want to make a theater that that is a that is a safe artistic space for people to come and learn and to perform um, and I mean safe in a lot of ways, artistically, and also sort of, I know there's been a lot of controversy of you yeah. know, sort of sexual harassment and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff in, in theaters. And I, I want to just sort of, you know, a lot of theaters that, that have existed for a while are trying to retrofit and go back and sort of, you know, sort of fix a, a problem in the system. And, mm-hmm. and I think I'm in a un, unique opportunity to, to your unique, unique position to sort of bake that into the DNA of, yes. of the theater and really have that Absolutely. as one of our core values, you know? Um, and then as well, uh, I think diversity. I'd really love to really make a, a strong, um, a strong diverse community. And I think again, you know, I think a lot of theaters, I/O included, we're trying to sort of retrofit and work backwards. Um, and I, and I sort of want to sort of have that again baked into the DNA of, of Revolution and uh, and sort of start with that as one of our core values as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's beautiful. That's so great. You, I think you're absolutely right with that. And uh, oh, that's so cool. I'm so excited. Yeah, that gets really excited. So, and you mentioned the two, two. Are you say you want to focus on two person improv? Like, well, I think no, no. Uh, I think that the I think that the atomic building block of of long form improv is the two person scene. Okay, and so it's a kind of two person scene, a relationship based, game driven two person scene. That's what I believe in, and I think that's what what I sort of want to keep in the conversation. Okay, gotcha. And so that's 
that's sort of the that's sort of the starting point. And then from there, you know, the signature form of the Herald or the improvised movie or musical or whatever, I think builds off those things of relationship. And that's and that's what I want to sort of emphasize and keep uh, and keep working on. Awesome, yeah. real cool. Um, will there be? Do you think at any point would it probably maybe in the future uh, digital classes? Yeah, I think it's super important. I mean, right before um, right before all this happened, I was sort of really sort of working on the idea of a of a class for improv for TV and film. I think that's mm. I think that's an important. Uh, piece of the puzzle because you know um again it's sort of more uh sought after in tv and film mm -hmm. and i don't think there's a class that specifically teaches that no so i'm sort of working on that curriculum and um and people sort of ha up to now had to find a way to sort of work in it. and i think there are some lessons that we can sort of impart to make that that sort of translation from stage to screen a little bit more effective and a little bit more powerful so i'm, I'm definitely working on that idea uh, and then, yeah, I, I think that I would love to sort of figure out a way. I think this has been sort of like the philosopher's stone of improv is like, is there a way to sort of capture it mm. for transmissions? Yeah, because yeah. It's like, it's a little bit tricky because you guys know you, you watch it, you know, watch a video of an improv show and there's just like this sort of ineffable something that's that's not there yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I definitely would love to sort of work on that problem and, and see if there's a way that we can sort of <laughs> figure that yeah, out. Yeah, that's know? awesome. This is so exciting. All this yeah. cool stuff. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. There's a few of these that we, I hope you don't mind. We've, we've answered throughout. So I yeah. think I'm just going to kind of skip through a few of these. Um, this is an interesting, oh, can I just say one yes, oh, go back to the, the, the first question. Um, yes. In terms of like, what do I want to, what do I want to create? I, I, I just want to sort of, I think sort of something I wrestled with is this idea is that I don't want to create iOS 2.0. Okay. You know yeah. I want to try to learn the lessons that that we didn't learn or couldn't learn from that first endeavor mm -hmm. and really start something new and like i said bake in a bunch of these really important core values from the beginning yeah and create something better not just recreate but create yeah. this new community hopefully um to sort of give that that existing community a home but in this new this this new thing do you know what i'm saying absolutely i think sort of to, to to work backwards and to try to just like to reassemble iOS, I don't think is a productive endeavor. I think there's, uh, I think there was flaws in that, and I and I want to hopefully learn those lessons and move forward and create this new thing that sort of builds on the shoulders of that, but isn't just a, a recreation of that, a reboot of that. Awesome, idea, you know. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's way more exciting. <laughs> I think yeah. that's super important because I really grapple with that idea because it, I am definitely sort of reaching out to that to that community. But what I what I want to say is, let's do this new thing. Yeah. Yes. Not let's create recreate this old thing, you know. Yes. Right, right. Absolutely. I think that's super important. Definitely. Yeah. This is so great. I'm glad we're capturing all this. <laughs> History will tell. Yeah, tell. exactly. Okay, so yeah, I find this very interesting, and okay. maybe this will kind of come up with like maybe what you're looking for in teachers. But someone sent in, improv teachers rarely trained in how to teach. Mm -hmm. Just because someone is good at 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 a skill does not mean they're good at teaching it. What's the best way for an improv company to regulate the quality of their te of teachers? Great, that's interesting. I think apprenticeship is is mm. is, is the ah, best way. Okay. That um, I know uh, a few times I've had teachers or people who want to be teachers sit in on my class to see kind of what I do or how I do it. But I think that's really I think that's 
like a, a skill to be taught as well as anything. Because I 100% agree that someone who's good at something isn't necessarily a great teacher of that. Yeah, I yeah. totally think that's true. And I think like apprenticing with someone is for a session or two is is really important. And I think that's, I think you, um, on the times where I've had someone sitting in my class, I would teach my class and then afterwards we would sort of, I would say, okay, are there any questions or like, what did you think about that? And they would say, well, when you do this and they, they ask questions that if they weren't apprenticing, they wouldn't, even if they had a syllabus or whatever, mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to ask those those pragmatic questions that only come up when you're teaching. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that it's, I think that's really important because then you sort of, um, can sort of pass down, not just the rote lessons but the mastery you have a chance to to pass down that mastery from generation to generation i think that's really important and yeah. so you know what i there's a bunch of teachers i hope to sort of uh sort of recruit back from 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 the from the pre-existing community but moving forward i want to have teach you know new teachers and sort of that kind of thing and i definitely um believe in or want to institute an apprentice sort of system or sort of a, a shadowing system where they kind of can can learn from those teachers who, who are doing it great. That's awesome. You yeah, know, I, that's I, really I smart. think that's important. I think that's really important because, I, you know, you you want to give people a, a great experience. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You want to give people a great experience, and you also want to give the, you know people an opportunity to grow in yeah. different roles. So I think that strikes the balance. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion. Great. Yeah, right on the dot, man. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh we kind of talked about this with like, uh, you know, you were hoping maybe like filming or like trying to figure out how to break that barrier of mm -hmm, like that experience. Mm -hmm. Someone also asks as the world evolves, improv should evolve with it. Mm. What role do you feel technology will play in improv? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that it's, or does, does technology, because we kind of talk about like when you watch it, it's different from being there. Is it is technology actually hindering improv? Yeah, you know, I don't know. As I said sort of earlier, I think sort of what I love about improv is the minimal nature of it. It's like mm. very simple. It's yeah. very, it's really very tribal when you get down to it. Because you just need a couple of chairs and then some people and a dark room, and then you sort of start doing it. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? And that that's really great about it. I think that technology will sort of find its way in there, like whatever, whether it's distribution or whether it's like multimedia sort of a thing i feel like that's all i don't know i don't know if that'll really i think that'll just maybe change the way we consume it or the way that we distribute it but i really at this point i have to say i don't really think it's going to change improv yeah you know what i'm saying it's going to change things around it yeah consumption distribution whatever but at its heart it really is that relationship-based two-person scene yeah you know so i think i think I don't think there's any technology that's going to change that until yeah. we start improvising with robots. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thought I've been having is like, you know, I've been doing a lot of work with like Soul Pancake and Super Deluxe where they do these live streams where fans can interact with their live streams. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if maybe someday in the future there's a way that, that improv can be done in that sense because that's technically what they're doing because a lot of these people don't do something unless there's a suggestion from the viewing audience mm -hmm. and the audience eats it up because they're contributing to the show sure whether it's you know i, I you know this on facebook like there's a we were talking janine a couple episodes ago and they they actually do voting system where if you do a thumbs up or a heart or a sad face or an angry face they tally up the votes and that's where things go 
I wonder if there's some some way in the future that that could be implemented or something like that because that could be pretty cool if an audience can understand. It, I you know told, I, mean? I totally think that's cool, but I will come back to my point. Yes. I think that's all frosting. Uh, I mean, the the yeah. cake is baked. You know, what yes. the cake is what the cake is, and that's all great. Let's all let's do improv on the moon or whatever. Let's yeah, do it. sure. zero gravity. All that's great, but at its heart, it doesn't change improv. Absolutely. Like, I've done some. Uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Riom, uh, in Chicago. Uh, did these um, videos on YouTube uh, was basically FaceTime where I I did an improv scene with my friend Ed Hirschman. He was in New York and I was in LA, and but he held held two phones facing each other, so we were improvising over FaceTime with each other. Oh, wow. Right? And that's great. That's technology. That's sort of we're interacting through technology. They're yeah. capturing it through technology, but it comes back down to relationship based. <laughs> yes, improv. absolutely. That's really the thing. And back to and the basics, like you were saying 100%, at the beginning. And we can sort of display that in a bunch of different ways and we can capture it and distribute it and consume it and and dress it up but honestly in in the final analysis unless that's there who cares mm -hmm. you yeah. know what i'm saying it's just not gonna it's just not gonna catch on so i'm all in favor let's do everything we can to to distribute it and consume it in different ways and we're moving forward and and, and i love interacting with the audience like in in real time i think that's super interesting and um you know there's there's a bunch of shows built on that kind of idea of like of like you're you're in this event with the, like Tony and Tina's wedding is a super famous one. Like they have beats, but it's like you're sort of interacting with the audience the whole time. It's like an interactive experience. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there are all these different ways to, to dress it up, but but back to the exact question was, do I think it's going to change improv? I don't. Gotcha. Beautiful. Okay. So our final question for you, uh, well, two final questions for you. Okay. Is what are your thoughts and feelings about uh, iOS and its closing? Um. Uh, I think it's, I think it's sort of a mixed bag of emotions, really. I mean, when I first heard that it was closing, I was really sad. I mean, I, I cried about it and just even talking about it now. But it's like, it's something that I started, something I felt very proud about, uh, very proud of. And, and just, you know, I was talking to, to some of the guys in Beer Shark Mice or whatever, and, and, you know, they sort of felt some what I felt, which was like, I'm not there as much, uh, especially this year. I had other family stuff going on and I, I haven't been there that much, but I love knowing that it's there. And mm -hmm. I really, I just love the community. And, and, you know, like some was saying in the interviews that they met their husband or their wife there, their yeah. best friend there. And I think that's really, I think that's really a, a really strength of the, of the community. When I, like going back to my own story, when, when I wanted to start the IO, in LA, it's not because I wanted to be a small business owner. It's because I wanted that community. I didn't want, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted to go mm -hmm. to LA, but still have that great community. And yeah. that community, uh, you know, I just sort of got the ball rolling, but that community built itself. And, and, and it's like, it's so great. It's so supportive and, and people like really, you know, coming to see each other's shows and collaborating on different things. And, you know, it's just really, it's really great. And that's, and so when that, that was the part that I was, because I know the shows will will find homes and the players will find homes and all that stuff. I didn't real think people were just wandering the streets like we'll improvise <laughs> for food or whatever. <laughs> but I just I just was sad that 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 community that I love so much was going to um, was going to disband. And so that kind of I thought you know that that feeling plus my feeling about the 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 part of the conversation that that I believe in that I didn't want to lose like that sort of was really what kind of um led me towards this idea of revolution theater 
so that that's the, the the sad part but the, the but the great opportunity part was when i heard that it closed i thought well that's going to be a great opportunity for 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 the community because as i said i think that the io was flawed in in some ways systemically flawed it, it couldn't be couldn't be addressed as an existing entity mm -hmm. you know and so to explode that thing and to sort of to to burn that down really gives it the chance to sort of like you know, like like you said, the, you're the phoenix. <laughs> like that that phoenix doesn't come out of out of out of something. It comes out of total destruction. And so I yeah. feel like I feel like that's that's an exciting time. And maybe people will go to other communities that they may not have checked out before, and they'll be awesomely happy there. Or maybe they'll you know you know what I always wanted to make a movie. Now that I'm not improvising all the time, I'm going to make a movie or whatever. You know, it's sort of like it frees people from from the easy choice or the default choice to make choices. Yes. And I mm. hope that some of those people will 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 choose to come on this journey of, of revolution theater and sort of uh, love improv and embrace improv in this in this new way. Um, and I, and whatever way I can help them sort of get to the next thing that, that they're going to do, I want to help them. And so many people have reached out to offer help to me. Um, but I think that's I think it's great. I think I I, I think that I am a big fan of endings and beginnings. I think it's always so exciting. Like whenever someone's like, I'm moving, I'm like, really? Where? When? How? Because <laughs> it reminds us that we're not trees rooted in the soil. We can move and change our lives and go on to something else anytime we want, you know? But sometimes it takes a big cataclysm like this or like, oh, I'm, my, my building got sold. Now I got to move, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And then you, and then suddenly you, you, you move and you move in next to the store to this person, you fall in love and you get married or you meet your best friend because you, got to get a roommate on Craigslist or whatever, but <laughs> it, it just reminds us how much control we have of our own lives and of our own destiny, Yeah, you know? And that's kind of partly for me, what I'm doing is I want to take control of my own destiny and I want to sort of to, to steer this little piece of the ship as much as I can and, and try to give people that community and that, that be the Cupid that sort of like helps people fall in love with improv as I have <laughs> yes. share my love for it, yes. you know? Awesome. Um, that's kind of where I'm coming from. And so it was a mixed bag of emotions, like excitement and sadness and like, and just feeling unmoored in the world. Cause I always had this thing. I, when I came out, this thing and I grew up together yeah. in LA, yeah, you know, and then for it to not exist anymore was very unsettling. So it's a, a lot of different emotions really. Yeah. You know, two things with that, man. Number one, add us to that list to help you out if you ever need <laughs> anything. So the, the community has been effusively, uh, enthusiastic about about helping, so I really just wanted to give a shout out and thanks to, to everyone who has who has messaged me privately or posted on the on the on the Facebook page or whatever. I really do. It really does mean the world to me that people have have faith in me and and I and I don't take that lightly and I want to sort of make the most of it for everybody. Yeah, and see that's the thing is like we know it. Like we we know that you mean because we've taken classes with you. Like we have this trust in you. With you know already. So like. You know, me, I'm so excited because I trust you. I know who you are. You had me, you know, at level one and, you know, you've seen me at my worst as far as improv goes. I don't know if you've seen me at my best yet, but it's <laughs> you still here. You're still here at this podcast. So hopefully, you know, it was OK, but um, I've had a great time. Great. Thank you. <laughs> and like, you know, another thing about with those interviews that you brought up is like when people were talking about like what they loved about the theater, they didn't say the drapes or they didn't say the carpet they said the people and those people are still around like you were saying they're not rooted they're still going to be around and you know i hope that i see a lot of familiar faces where where you know where you end up going and um 
yeah it's it's people who create a community not a building and i think that's awesome yeah so 100 nobody said oh the stairs or the stage or whatever yeah where we spend our time the classrooms they didn't say any of that stuff it always comes down to the people yeah the community grew i think the community grew in spite of those things yeah you know absolutely so man I mean, we wish we could go on. We could just keep going. Uh, the Oscars are happening right now. So unfortunately, you know, we need to wind down a little bit. But honestly, like this was a little more serious show, but we love that stuff. We don't shy away from that here. Two dudes in L.A. We just want to say thank you so much to Paul. Uh, Sean, I love you. Okay, that's what happened. I I feel like I can like, I feel like Captain America. We're going to, you know, we're just going to be superheroes in our own worlds. I love um, you too, man. Uh, and Paul, thank you so much. This was one of my favorite episodes so awesome, far. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I really feel, had a great time. Yes. Yeah, so I great. feel very grateful that we were able to kind of immortalize this moment in like improv history. So, yeah. It was a um, good time. I think I, I was really, uh, when, when I when I remembered that this was coming up and I sort of have it on my calendar and stuff, I was like, wow, they're going to get <laughs> I know. a lot of stuff that's like on the cutting edge. Yeah. It's like, Stuff I've never talked about before that never existed before. It's very... Yeah. And like we asked you... Well, like we were going... Literally, we had like an email drafted up or a message drafted up like a week before the news hit. And then we were like, oh, maybe this isn't a great time. So then we waited a little bit and hopefully it was... But thank you so much for coming. sure. So real quick, we're going to... What we want to do is we're going to, you know, uh, we want to shout out to Patrick Coffin who makes all our intros and our segments uh, we want to thank you all for listening. Please feel free to follow us on social media, TDLA Podcast. We have a new episode every Monday. That's Instagram, Twitter. You can send us a question um, oh, anytime. and we're now on Google Play. Yes, we for are our Android now on users. Play for our Android users. So please tell your friends. Uh, but we want to do, you know, we usually end on like we usually share share like a segment or or you know like a funny review or something like that but we thought it would be more of a great send-off because like you were saying we're looking to the future now so what i would like to do as our final question is where can people follow for your journey for revolutionary theater and what are maybe some of your last thoughts or advice to people who are whoa maybe feeling lost yeah i know i kind of feel choke up a little bit (laughs) but who maybe who do feel lost or like where where's a good place to find refuge what are your some advice for those improvisers that's great uh that's a great question Uh, i'll answer the 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 second part first um i think if you're if you're feeling lost or sort of you know where do i go you know i just know that i'm working day and night on on nailing down some classroom space and some performance space and, and just a, a sort of a place for us to call home at least for, for for some time. But also just remember that, you know, going to the pack or going to the to, to the west side or, or whatever, that's all still the IO community. Those those founders are are IO people and they sort of come from that thing and and they've and I know those guys and they're really, you know, warm and, and even if you don't you know, if you want to take classes there, you don't, you just want to see some shows or sort of see something that's kind of you know, familiar that smells like home a little bit. I mean, go go and check it out. And also, I'll say this. I mean, also just take some time to to just sort of look up and look around a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. for someone who's painfully obsessed with improv, like especially when I first started, it was like I couldn't get it into my system fast enough. But I think sort of as I said, what we bring to it is ourselves. And so it can't hurt to enrich ourselves a little bit. You yeah. know, you're, you're, you have a few weeks off without classes or, or shows or you're still figuring out, like, do something else. Take, take a new kind of class. Go see a movie. Go on a hike. Like, talk to your friends. Like, you know, 
whatever, but just like, you know, feed the machine a little bit, feed, like pr practice that instrument that, that you put aside when you started improvising or like, or, you know, or, or read that book that you've been meaning to read, but you keep going to improv shows every night or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, enrich yourself and, and cause then you have more to bring to the, to the equation. The world is, is amazing and fantastic. We just need to sort of look up and look around. And, and I think that sort of big changes like this give us the, the reminder like, Hey, you know, and then we, I think that's, that's sort of it. And if you really just, you can message me, I'll, I'll talk to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll help however I can, Aww. you know, for sure. And cause I, I, cause I totally identify with that feeling. I think that's one of the reasons that I love teaching level one is I remember being in level one. Mm. I remember what it felt like. And, and that always drives me forward when I'm teaching. Awesome. And then where, where can we follow oh, right. you? And where can you, follow me? Um, you can follow me personally on uh, what's up with PV, P like Paul, V like Valancourt, what's up with PV on most of the socials, or you can check out the improv tips that I've done on uh, PV improv on YouTube. That's P is in Paul, V is in Valancourt, improv, PV improv on YouTube. Um, there's over a hundred improv tips uh, from me and some other great improvisers that I think are a fantastic resource um, for people maybe in, in this in-between time. And then if you want to follow the, the journey of Revolution Theater, uh, it's Revolution Theater on Instagram. It's Revolution Theater on uh, Facebook. It's um, Revolution Impro on Twitter um, and like that. And uh, uh, I would love to have you guys along on the journey. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yes, I, yes. I really appreciate it. And uh, maybe uh, maybe there's a second installment where we're up and running. Ooh, that Ooh. sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Audience, let's give Paul a round of applause here. Yes. Oh, we forgot to mention. This is our live studio audience. Oh, I live studio <laughs> <laughs> Might have seen him when he came in. Um, Great. Well, I can't thank you enough, Paul. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll make sure to post all those links for, for your yes, stuff in we'll the podcast. Yes, we'll put them up as well. So, all right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week.